Welcome homeowners, home buyers, landlords, and tenants alike. People who just want to be better at living in a home. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. Join Madison Radio's Adam Elliott, real estate broker and landlord Ben Anton, as they break down the modern day barriers of home ownership. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and if you're not careful, you'll learn. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fist curl? Thanks for waiting. That was the waiting song from Madison musician Seesaw. Welcome to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, as well as Spotify and a number of other streaming Stitcher? locations. I Stitcher wh- is one of the aggregates you can find us on now, too. That's well, correct. we're there, too, from the brand new studios. Uh, each episode, we're going to feature some live, some not live, but local music. Oddly enough, our guest today, a member of one of the bands that we feature in our segues. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yes, like, it is. I, I don't know. Is that cross-marketing or is that cross-promotion or is that just a happy coincidence? I would call that a very happy coincidence. <laughs> We're going to have uh, the top of the hour tip, the market update, and then Phil's phone in with a look beyond the 608. And we should definitely mention who we are. My name is Adam Elliott. And I am a homeowner, former news reporter, radio personality in the Madison area. My name is Ben. I'm a landlord and a broker associate at the Lauer Realty Group. And we are here to surround ourselves with people smarter than we are. That's right. That's that's our usual M.O. because it's not that hard to do sometimes. Yeah, we found 11 of them so far. <laughs> well, should we make note, Ben, that this is the beginning of season two? This is the beginning of season two. We had 11 guests in 2019, mm-hmm. uh, followed up with just a cutesy little holiday holiday episode with, with more music-based again. Mm-hmm. But we're going to start off with a, with a whole new season, a whole new look. But but a lot of the same. That's right. We're still going to deliver the same fun and the same information that we try to deliver, uh, especially with this week's guest, who is Michael Bonebrick. From Madison Hardwood Floors. Now, Michael and I have worked together quite a bit, but we also worked together quite a bit just recently. How's we, uh, Oh, I mentioned the new, the new real estate in the 608 studios. Yep. We are in the basement of 1938 East Main Street, mm-hmm. my new home. So <laughs> to the question, what's happened since last time? Right. I say I moved into Mona's house on East Main Street. You've made a big transition here. That yeah. was a big transition and a big transformation. We invited you to check out the transformation in pictures. Feel free to go to In the 608 on Facebook and uh, and click on the album Mona's House and you will see a 30-day transformation from closing November 13th or so to just before occupancy on December 19th. There was a lot of work done. One of those things done, one of the biggest changes, mm-hmm. the hardwood floors. That's right. Uh, well, since last time, uh, I have wrapped up my school semesters, of course, which was a nice break, and we're getting ready to start up the new ones. Uh, the The only real home renovation thing is I had a, a water heater breakdown over the uh, holiday break, which uh, our first guest, who was almost a year ago now, Jeff Pulley, the Jeff plumber, Pulley. Uh, came in and knocked that thing out for me in like two hours. I will, uh, I will, again, raise Jeff Pulley uh, on, on his duly... Uh, earned pedestal. Yeah. On Christmas Eve, Eve, I got a call from a tenant on Atwood Avenue telling me that the water heater was out. Oh, no. 
I said, okay, now these are smart people. I've got, I've got some really good tenants and they are part of the magic. Um, she called me and she said the water heater's out and she was capable to go downstairs, flick the switch, make sure that, uh, make sure that, uh, cycling the power, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. might not solve our problem. Uh, when she got down there, she said, well, I cycled the power, but there's about an inch of water. Oh no. And, oh, uh, no. so, so I knew it was time for a new water heater. Um, Polly was able to get someone over there that evening just to lay eyes. It was already past 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, shut shut some valves to uh, diminish the amount of water that mm-hmm. would end up on the floor. And then had someone there at 6 a.m. He and his helper elf, uh, Justin, uh, were there the next morning, Christmas Eve day, 6 a.m., putting in a 75-gallon direct vent water heater mm-hmm. uh, to serve four units. From the headlines. Mm-hmm. Well, I think everybody got their property taxes. They uh, did. Since we've last spoken. Maybe even paid them. Maybe even paid them? Wow. Uh, that's not, I don't, mine just go right into escrow, so I don't... I don't well, but I you have to decide if they were paid, la- if they were paid last year mm-hmm. or if they're going to pay this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to know the benefits of either, you'd talk to uh, guest Brianne Raymer from Atwood Tax. Right, right wrong, or indifferent, um, I wrote a check for about $26,000. Oh, in property taxes, people complaining about the taxes and the increase. We have to think back to April, right? Um, or, or just about April mm-hmm. when we receive our new assessments. Mm-hmm. Uh, the right. mill rate, the rate at which the value is taxed, uh, did not change this year. Mm-hmm. However, those increased assessments, and then a number nobody talks about, the assessment ratio, where they can assess your home at at fair market, a hundred percent, or they can, or they can tweak that number down a little bit. And, uh, and it was not that different. The mill rate, which is decided late in the year by, I believe the board of estimates was not all that different from previous years. Yeah. I, I mean, I usually just look at it. If it's within like five to 10%, I'm like, yep, that looks like the property tax bill. <laughs> I, I, I did, I, pay I did a little double checking <laughs> and looked at the home that I've owned the longest and tried to determine if the rent had gone up as much as the property taxes mm. and the rent almost went up as much as the property taxes. But that, that also says something about fair, mm-hmm. you know, fair housing, affordable housing. I need to raise the rent every year just to pay the property taxes. Just to pay the property, yeah. I'm not making more money. I'm not able to right. escrow more money to, to fund repairs. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when you buy something, it better be operating at a good cash flow because you're going to have to raise those rents significantly every year just to make the same amount of money. Uh, what, what else has been happening from that lines? Uh, we talked a little bit about the Jennifer Street Market in uh, yeah, in November. Right. What was the term? Uh, receivership. Receivership. Right. Shep. Shep Ice Cream, the owners of the real estate that Jennifer Street Market occupies, had gone into receivership. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that meant that it was going to be sold by a third party or like a, like an, a, a disinterested lawyer law party. Um, but they are working Show some interest. Buddy. They Come are on. working for the bank or the lender, which in this case was Johnson Bank. OK. And uh, I think. I think something happened that was not necessarily expected. First of all, I was I was surprised that the community raised, I believe, sixty seven thousand dollars to help the owner. Oh, I thro- 
add to his bid. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I saw lots of signs it come was up in the support, yeah. support Jennifer JenniferStreet.com or org. Or, but anyway, so the uh, the community, the, the you know, a relatively privileged group, yep. uh, anybody living near there uh, that, that and can afford to shop there, they, they put their money where their mouth is. They added, yeah. uh, by raising that $67,000, they allowed the Jennifer Street owners to increase their bid to nearly $1 million. And while not necessarily the ideal solution, right. but for nearly a million dollars, they, they received or their bid was approved by the receiver. And that part of the problem is no longer. Gotcha. Okay. So I knew that was like one big building. They kind of split off their own little space there. It's still a connected building, but yeah. they kind of have their own space and they bought it. So looks like the market's staying. The market is staying. Yeah. And the community helped. Hmm. I'm thinking, I'm wondering if, uh, I know if, where the, to go if get the chocolate my... shop ice cream guy <laughs> is thinking, why didn't I have a fundraiser? He could, if he could have raised that same $67,000, he'd be sitting on Atwood uh, still. Well, we like to talk about the highest and the lowest or the cheapest and the highest, I should say. The cheapest and the highest. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, is from the last just about sixty days. We didn't we didn't have our summary in December, so we're looking both at November and December. The cheapest sale eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars in Pleasant Springs. So again, towards the okay. south yeah. southeast corner of our of our listenership, mm-hmm. a nineteen hundred foot four square, a big proper farmhouse. Oh, okay. Uh, nineteen hundred. Uh, I'm sorry, built in nineteen hundred is eighteen hundred square feet on two acres. Assessed at two eighteen. So at one point, this house was a, this was wow. the government anyway. We talked about assessments. The government thinks it's a fine house, um, but it just sold now for eighty seven five. It was listed at one hundred and forty four thousand in October, dropped to ninety nine in November. It was forty six days on the market. Finally, sells two weeks after that price drop for eighty seven five. What do you call a, what's a four square? A four square. Think about a house where you walk in the, the middle of the front, mm-hmm. and to your left is the is parlor, and to your right is the dining room, and then, uh, or I would admit, but anyway, like four quadrants. It's like the floor plan is split up into four different spaces. Exactly, yeah, and, gotcha. and, okay. and there's, there's the center, and often the stairwell is one of those quadrants. Okay, and is that from like a certain time of I would say building people were doing that? Early 1900s. Okay. Uh, yeah. But a big square farmhouse mm-hmm. easily fits. And then sometimes upstairs, you've got three bedrooms and a bath. Those are your four quadrants. Gotcha. Um, our house on Jackson was a center stair four square. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then often, as I said, that sometimes a, a, a switchback stair can occupy one quadrant. So you walk in, the living room is on your right. And in the back quadrants, you've got the kitchen and the mm-hmm. dining room. So sold for the upper 80s. Upper 80s, mm-hmm. pretty good value. But here's the thing. You can't go inside to see it. Yeah, okay. but and not? that Let me so see the thing. exactly. So when you list something for one hundred forty-four thousand dollars, people are going to want to see inside. Yeah, you're not going to get top dollar if you can't let them inside. Uh-huh. So, uh, so this one uh, couldn't go inside, and as such, sold for eighty-seven five. But assessed, the tax man's been collecting an assessment uh, on that house of of nearly three times that value mm. for how many how many years we don't know now what are reasons that they would say i don't want you to go look inside uh or probably a liability. Prob- liability probably okay. a fear of of a buyer falling through the floor okay i was gonna say my a guess. haunted house but that's probably not one of the more popular ones not this time of the year anyway <laughs> people aren't thinking like that <laughs> the highest the highest is in wanakee 
717 Westbridge Trail, $710,000. So that's that's not really that high uh, as it relates to our high sales of the year. Mm -hmm. I think our highest was either would have either been on the water. Uh, yeah, in Maple some, Bluff, we had some one mil plus places. Yeah, right? or that, or that little, the one on Wingra, mm -hmm. very late in the mm -hmm. year that was like mm -hmm. one point mm -hmm. three million. Yeah. Um, but here's here's a little story. 2016 Parade Home. Oh yeah, the Parade of Homes. So it's going to be a fancy house. Mm -hmm. It's going to have all the bells and the whistles. Mm -hmm. I didn't necessarily, you know, stereotypes. It's how we learn, right? Um, parade homes, they don't, they don't weather well. Oh. Does that make sense? It's like uh, a lot of it. I mean, being lived in or the exterior does not weather well? No, the exteriors are fine. Yeah. But think about a car. Mm -hmm. And what do they say about a car? What happens when you drive off it the lot? It loses value. The minute moment. you buy that brand yeah. new car, yeah. you drive it off the lot, it loses value. Yep. I think because a parade home has so many bells and whistles mm -hmm. that are more like a car or more like a technology or more like a feature than the just real estate. Gotcha. I think that a lot of those things, yeah. a few years later, aren't going to be seen with the same amount of value. Gotcha. So a, they got like a smart fridge in there, which all of a sudden was outdated the very moment they installed it or, exactly. or whatever. Like so, yeah. so I, so I, th I said to myself, huh, I wonder about that. I looked at how much did it sell for the first time? 707 Okay. So less than this price. $3,000 though. Uh-huh. So it sold for 707 in 2016, mm -hmm. brand new. Three years later, three very good years in real estate later, oh, I that get house that house sold for seven seventeen, almost the same price. That should have gone for more, is what you're saying. Well, if it had appreciated at the three yeah. or five or eight percent that we're seeing other things appreciate at, mm -hmm. so hmm. first of all, maybe they paid a premium. Well, they did. They right. paid a premium for a brand it's new house home. Yeah. with all kinds of fancy stuff in it. Mm -hmm. A couple years later, all that fancy stuff, the smart fridge, not so smart, the all the kinds of things that have changed just a little bit. So what's the lesson here is like, you don't need to go for those. You don't need to shoot for the moon on those places. I'm not, I'm not it's sure like, there is a lesson here except to simply understand how, how a parade home or how a home that has fancy new modern amenities and features might right. not weather as well when those, when those features and amenities aren't brand new. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Well, that is uh, what's been going on from the headlines. All right. And here's our, it's time for our second guest tease. As I imagine, I think, I think I heard the steps on the hardwood above me. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have Michael Bonebreak from Madison Hardwood Floors, second generation landlord and, and, uh, and hardwood refinishing a maestro, what is it? A, a certainly, a maestro? certainly, uh, is he waving his? Certainly, he conducted the... his team to a beautiful result here on Main Street. First, we go to the top of the hour tip. All right, we'll be back in a minute with Mike Broderick after the top of the hour tip. Hi, this is Liz Lauer, founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success? It comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world and gives the listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. 
When you need our services, give us a call. Until then, sit back, enjoy, and learn a little bit. And with today's top of the hour tip is broker associate with the Lauer Realty Group, Rachel Whaley. Hello. Here to talk about how it is still winter. And if you are thinking of hiring a contractor or getting your house painted, pouring some concrete, you know, some plan you have to do in spring, should really be calling those contractors now, setting up estimates, getting quotes, and getting the work on the books. Because if you wait till April to call them for a quote, you're, you're going to be waiting a while. If you have some plans, go ahead and make them. Sometimes I'm sure of, sometimes my head's not right. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. My name is Adam Elliott. To the right of me is Ben Anton, my partner in crime. Well, there's no crimes, really. And to our left, we welcome our in-studio guest today, Michael Bonebreak. Welcome, Michael. Thank you very much. Thanks Good for to be joining here. us yeah, today. no problem. Uh, you are the owner of Madison Hardwood Floors. Correct, yep. You are a landlord. Yep. You are as well. a musician as well. Well, that's a stretch, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, welcome. Thank welcome. you very much. Welcome yeah. to the studio. Good to be here. Not just a musician, the drummer of El Donk, one of the bands we feature in our segues. You'll be hearing them throughout real estate. Maybe a little bit today. extra this episode. That's great. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> just for Michael. I canceled practice, so we better get a plug. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're at their next show, he's sorry, but they canceled practice. <laughs> so we know, we know he, he does beautiful work. He, uh, we are we are below the hardwood floors he refinished for me just in this last mm-hmm. month on Main Street. So we know that about him. We yeah. know he's a landlord. We just learned his his father was not. So he is in fact a first, a generation, first generation landlord. landlord. Yes, that rumor's been going around town. I don't. Yep, know. there is we'll, a rumor. We'll we'll get to the bottom. Who of knows? That okay. Today. We've got one big question, Ben, that we need to know first. Is he fun? Well, how are we going to find out? The way we find out is by playing a get-to-know-you game, a quiz game, a sometimes Madison history and environs game. There used to be, there used to be, there used to be, there used to be, used to be nothing but smiling faces far as the eye could see. Car in every driveway, swinging every tree, people can't stop talking about the way things used to be. Because you're a drummer, because you're a rock and roll kind of fella, <laughs> okay. I'm going to imagine that you had been to OK's Corral. Correct. I played there. You played. Oh, play, nice. He played at OK's you Corral. Shared the stage with so many yeah. important acts that came through there. Indeed, actually, with El Donk when I was in a different band. Believe it. That's how I when I first heard El Donk <laughs> was at OK's Corral. I hated him. <laughs> I really did. So it took me a while to get used to it. <laughs> really didn't like the drummer in particular. Auditioned for his job. Well, that's a story in and of itself. <laughs> All right. So OK's Corral, yes. the former music venue at 504 East Wilson Street, was lost to a fire on what date in 2001? Wasn't it? Uh, I think it was New Year's Eve. It, well, it was yeah, January. It was the 31st. First. It was the first. It was the first. Okay. The, the morning the morning of the uh, first. Okay. We're going to give it. Yeah. All right. Thanks well for done. that. Appreciate That's it. Yeah. I got the okay, battery. So you're, you're in there. Um, a lot of comic strip um, tie-ins. Uh, you may remember bartender Nicole. Possibly. Uh, lovely lady. She's gone legit. She's she's an organizer. She was probably she's, always legit. I mean, <laughs> I just mean well from from bartender at OK's. Uh-huh. Okay, there's a step over to like 
professional businesswoman who's legitimate. I gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, she was one. She was one of our guests. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, po- she's a, she's an organizer with Positive Spaces. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, and uh, those of you who haven't listened to that, we we coined her the uh, Marie Kondo of the Midwest. Marie Kondo of Whoa. the Midwest. Yes. So and, uh, yeah. and still helping. I just saw today on Facebook a mutual friend had just was uh, was in awe of her new closet space, starting the year off right after a visit from Nicole. Question two. <laughs> You have a shop at North and Johnson. Please give me two historic names for the bar across the street. Well, how historic have we got to get? Well, does Dexter's it, count? As much as he can. Isn't it, isn't it Dexter's, Dexter's now? Dexter's is current. Okay, so that doesn't so count need, as historic? You'll need to go Previous. Back. Yeah. Mm. Two previous names. I don't think I can even name one. No recollection of previous iterations, The Sandlot, <laughs> maybe in 2003. Oh, yeah. yes, of course. And previous to that... Stevens. Stevens. Hmm. Previous right. to that, yeah. Stevens House of Gifts. Really? Oh. Yeah. Is it a, sh- a shop, like a boutique shop? I don't or? know what it was, but it, it was, was a little before it was Stevens Bar. They're slinging beers, it was calling a, it a house of gifts. It was a little. It was a little <laughs> whatnot shop. Interesting. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is a four-parter, so we've got one oh, bell. Man. We're fifty percent so far. This okay. is a four-part question. I am going to name a street. You can tell me what side of town it is. You'll find a theme. People listening along uh, and understanding that we are speaking to Michael Bonebreak, owner of Madison Hardwood Floors, Hardwood Floors, uh, might find a theme here. Side of town, Oak Street. East side. Maple Ave. Near west. Uh, Sorry. (laughs) So we're we're, we're good. uh Maple Ave, Lowell, Lowell School. Lowell. Right off of of that wood. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. Yep. Definitely east. Birch Ave. Birch. That sounds east. It's probably west. I never drove cab. <laughs> <laughs> Birch Avenue, west off of Glenway, just past the oh, golf course. Oh, yep. Okay. okay. So that would okay. be a Westmoreland address. And here, here's a lump because we because obviously Oak, Maple, Birch, mm-hmm. all beautiful yeah, floors. I like it, yeah. Um, cedar and pine and spruce, not so much hardwoods, but I've seen some beautiful cedar. So cedar, pine, mm-hmm. spruce, and while not a conifer... Yes, we're, Whoa, learned, we're learning. Well done. Okay. Yes. Um, Big word. Hickory Street. So cedar, oh, pine, yeah. spruce, mm-hmm. and hickory. West. I'm going to let West. you think. <laughs> cedar. I'm going to ask again slower. <laughs> oh, cedar. That's over in, like, I think it is, it is, what did I say originally? West? West? Yeah, I'm sticking with West. I don't I'm care s- if I'm wrong. I'm sorry, South. Oh, That's come south. on. Those are all south off Park Street. In, mm, Bra- in okay, in what okay, many people yeah. would know as Bram's edition. Oh okay. yeah, it's interesting yeah. that I, I really didn't know this stuff. Maybe I should study a map. Maybe you <laughs> just make note of when you visit the houses. You you I I would be interested to know how many houses you've refinished the floors in on these streets. Probably many. <laughs> I've just blocked it out. <laughs> well, all right. So what? Well, you tried hard. I well, tried. Yeah, I gave it a shot. Ring the bell. That's all I can do. Uh, so we've proven that you, that you're fun, but that's that's about it. Okay. So well, I'll take that. <laughs> well, that is the way it used to be. My name is Adam Elliott. He is Ben Anton. You are listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Our in-studio guest is Michael Bonebreak of Madison Hardwood Floors. Also with a couple bands that I think we'll get to talking about too. Uh, Michael, you are a landlord as well. Yes. Of many, of few. Uh, it's sort of a relative of question, I guess. Relative. I would say medium. Medium. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm medium. We'll I've got. Medium. We're at, I'm I, at. Yeah. Third. Between Rhonda and my, you met Rhonda, my business mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. We, we talk about her because she doesn't listen. So anything you want to uh, say. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. This is, this is a safe place. Okay. Um. 
So we're at about 30 between the two of us. Okay. okay. And I, I think that's a good medium number. That'll you have some medium medium number six units, I believe. Yes, that's correct. And we are, if you didn't know, we're neighbors. Is the first thing you do, pull out the carpet and finish the floor? If they have hardwood floors, yes. Yes. Well, sometimes. If they're empty and I can do it. If they're full of people, I don't, I don't do it. Tell us about your first house. The first actual building, well, real estate I ever bought was a condo at Sherman Terrace. I guess I should clarify that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and I that was my residence at the time. I okay. bought it for like, I think it was like twenty six thousand or something ridiculous wow. like that. Yeah. Oh. I was yeah. What, say, what why, year was why, that? Why the condo? What year? But twenty six thousand may just answer that. There you go. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. It was it was ninety five, I believe. Good for you. Um, for yeah. Thinking. I needed a place to live, and it was it even seemed cheap then quite frankly. So, mm-hmm. and it compared to my rent that I was paying. So I bought it and I flooded the place within two days of, uh, of, oh, no. of owning it. Yeah. So I learned how to plumb pretty quickly in that <laughs> one. You flooded your condo. Yeah. I, you pulled, do that? I pulled the dishwasher out and I didn't realize I had to turn the water off oh, in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, yeah. when people do stuff like that. Yeah. It was just really <laughs> smart. Oh, well, I was getting carpeting the next day at six and I flooded all the units below me and I couldn't figure out how to turn the water off. And oh, it was, no. it was a long night, but it worked out. It <laughs> worked out. Yeah. I learned my lesson. I can tell you that. Um, I'd say, but yeah, so that was my first experience with Maybe that. We maintenance should, we, in real estate. First. You mentioned a single family home. That was, is that next? Um, that was my first, uh, the one I was referring to was the first one I did the floors on, actually. I okay. think my my first home after that was with a, a buddy of mine who we, we bought buildings together. And we bought uh, we bought two at the same time, one on Dayton Street and one on Ingersoll, the mm-hmm. corner of Ingersoll. Mm-hmm. Um, and one was a five-bedroom single family, the other one was a uh, four-bedroom single family in 96. So let's talk a, li- let's talk about, uh, a little bit about the, about the wood. Sure. How'd you get into it? I mean, you were doing... Home ownership, I, right. I can kind of see a natural transition because mm-hmm. when you are the your homeowner, condo owner to start with, mm-hmm. when you are the person who is the landlord, you've got to fix things every right. now and then, and you start getting this like gain knowledge of mm-hmm. you know intimate knowledge of of spaces. Right. But you've turned that into something else. Yeah, um, I originally I started on one of my rentals, and it was it was all through necessity. We didn't have any money at all to do anything, and but sometimes you just have to if you want to get a place rented, you've got to improve it. So we did a lot of painting and all that kind of thing ourselves, and so hardwood floor refinishing was. We basically just went and rented a machine, uh, and and um, I was kind of thinking about this the other day because I thought you might ask me this question, and I realized at the time, uh, the guy at the at the rental place gave us he was trying to give us all the different grits and things for you know the paper you start mm-hmm. heavy and get lighter, but we I remember we shrugged it off and we got the heaviest grit you could get, and that's all we wanted. We went and we just ground <laughs> the floor to a piece of dust and then we coated it, and that was it. It's still like that to this day, I'll bet. It's it's kind of unfortunate. It's, it's really left my legacy there. <laughs> from a three-inch floor down to about oh, a half Oh, it was inch. terrible. There were huge just gouges in it. I mean, it was just tr- you get good traction, I guess. No slipping, no slipping on that the, thing. These are, this is how we learn, right? Yep, ex- yeah, yeah, that's true. But, it, you know, it's, um, from there it went on. And I did it just for my buildings for many years. I got into it commercially, actually, when I was living in Los Angeles. Um, because again, out of necessity, I needed a job basically. And so I started working with a firm out there and that's really where I learned a lot of the, of the more professional side of the, of the business. Mm -hmm. You know, just there's a lot to it. And I started to see it come to fruition at that point. So is, is this type of work is the hardwood work? Is that, is that a love of yours? Because I know 
when I come into a house, the first mm-hmm. thing I look at at the floor mm-hmm. are the floors. And like, if if that looks good to me, yeah. I'm like instantly, I'm like, this place is yeah. fantastic. Um, it's a love hate relationship <laughs> with floors. I can honestly tell you that. Yeah, I mean, it's when you're doing the work physically yourself, it's it can be incredibly exhausting, but it's also deeply satisfying too. Because you, like you said, you can see the transformation. Yeah. You know, over, you know, over the, it's the couple big, it's days, the biggest change. Yeah, yeah. 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 I I mean, I I spent a month in here, but the three days. The three days you were here were probably the bi- the biggest transformation. It really makes a difference. And especially given that a lot of these floors are really old. And so you can mm-hmm. kind of picture what it was like back then. And all of a sudden you see, okay, look at what it, this is probably what it was like 100 years ago all of a sudden once again. And so it's it's very satisfying to, to work with them and to get to understand them and so forth. But they can be very aggravating, too. <laughs> <laughs> She ain't wrong, but she ain't bad. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Uh, Benny Amton is just to my right. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Michael Bonebreak of Madison Hardwood Floors, also a landlord. Michael, when you come into a place, are you more like, you know what, this will look better if we just do something new completely in here, or are we going to refinish what we have? Like, what's the what's the what's the transition point where you got to make that? Like, decision? when do we tear it out? Tear yeah. out the... And I know, like, it's probably the owner's like mm-hmm. request that's going to go yeah. either way. Yep, but like, exactly. what, what would be your you know instinct in that space? Um, you know, there's uh, oftentimes we'll come into a place, and the first thing I'll take a look at is how much floor is actually left. And there's certain indicators you can tell and look at it and see, is, is, there, is there anything left to sand at all, or is it just going to turn into dust? Right, and we're that talking, does about, exist. talking about the thickness, because we're talking yep. about a, a, a full thickness is generally about three-quarters of an inch, mm-hmm. and and then there's probably, what, about a quarter of it above the above what is the tongue and groove. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can right. start to, you got about a quarter inch to work with on, on a nominal lumber floor. Yep. That's exactly it. So even though the floor itself is three quarters of an inch, which a lot of folks can see and they can tell, you only get about a quarter inch to sand over the life of the floor. Now, we've pushed it before because, like you said, it's the client's choice. You know, we'll sand it regardless. Okay, well, that's fine. We're going to do it, but you get gaps and you get more creaking and whatever. You expose it. You literally start to expose the nail heads and so forth. So. Um, you know, it's really up to the client. You can get some character if you stretch it, um, but at a certain point, it just literally starts to lift off the floor and go away. So that's probably the biggest criteria is whether we're going to sand it or will not. It, you know? Will it stay nailed down? <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't. I mean, it's, things just start flying off at a certain point. They just disappear. I've seen it. I think a lot of people probably think of like an oak floor or, mm-hmm. you know, one of the hardwoods. Is there one that like you just love to see in a space? You know, it, it, uh, it shifts and my tastes shift and change mm-hmm. as the years go on. Um, lately like, like I'm into walnut. Wine, exactly. Yeah. Well, you kind of get matured. bored of certain things, yeah. but you know, I mean all the, cl- all the classics around here are great to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, but, but I like to see some unusual ones like walnuts. Very, it's pretty rare from what I've seen, which, mm-hmm. but it's beautiful. It looks like chocolate. Birch is always a favorite. Uh, it's it's not as common as maple or oak from what I've seen here in town. And white oak is really cool too. Oh, Those are kind of my personal favorites at, the, at this point. What's the biggest mistake people make as it relates to their hardwood? You know, someone's buying a house and you, you meet them and it's too late because they did what? What did they do that that made your job harder or made bringing those hardwoods back? Usually once when folks are buying a home, I don't see them really ruining their floor, doing anything that we can't help them with. But but a bigger problem from what I've seen is folks that think they have a hardwood floor, 
but it's not a hardwood floor. It's either an engineered that can't be sanded or sometimes oh, folks yeah. think, they literally think a laminate, which is cardboard is something. So they'll <laughs> buy the house and I've literally gone to homes and said, you know, this isn't anything we can sand. Not only can we not sand it, you have to rip it out if, you know, if you, because it's cupped and buckled or whatever, you right. know, so it's just nothing we can do with it. And so that's probably one of the more catastrophic types of problems that I've seen. That's funny because, I mean, wood floors are kind of like, it's like CSI. You, you can tell something has been going on right. in this area depending on what has happened or what is left over. Yep, with the that's really floor. true. I get a little neurotic sometimes walking through a home because I'll see I'll see uh, patches and weird things and I'll start telling the client, oh, this might have been a wall and blah, blah, blah. And, and they're basically after a while, like, let's just give me a quote. Would you shut up and just give me a quote? Because I'm, I can see what's you know transpired over the years. We're looking at this sure, floor. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it tells a story. It does to to a large degree. Yeah, I think a lot of flooring guys would would agree with me on that it's, too. Well, I do this. I do the same thing when you're being a little bit of a detective. And but we had that we had that happen here. Mm -hmm. And the, there was clearly one of the door, one of the uh, the passage between the dining room and the living room had been opened up, and the floor had been patched, and there was some unfinished maple. Mm -hmm. it, mm. And so a they'd done a good job in patching it. Even though it was going underneath the carpeting, they went ahead and used maple that all we had to do then was sand and finish. Right. Um, and there was a few spots, cold air returns, and, and where doors and where, near, where, where there was, I would bet, one of those mid-century modern kind of like knee walls with the pegs uh -huh. above it. Yeah. yeah, this house had one of those. Uh, yeah. But uh, that probably left a lot. You know. <laughs> what do you think was the building style when people just lost their mind and decided to carpet over nice wood floors? That's like, a great question. When did that happen and why did that happen? I still don't know if I know that answer. 70s, 60s? <laughs> carpet know. was a new thing, I guess. I don't know. It's a modern... <laughs> but you've, you've probably seen the meme about the baby boomers. You know, or do you blame us for... Blame the millennials for this, but hey, you guys covered all the hardwood and carpeting. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> We were empty. Our house was empty here on Main Street when we had the work done. We didn't do any kind of special dust extracting. Mm -hmm. um, tell us how that works. Like, if you wanted to finish, like, what's the smallest job you think would be reasonable to do, mm -hmm. and can you do it while someone lives there? You can do the work when someone's living there. Obviously, it's more difficult because we do need the floor to our to ourselves for the most part. And that's a, one of the biggest questions I get from folks, like, how, how do you do this? And the, the, the unfortunate answer is you've got to move all your stuff. Basically, he's got to get it off the floor if you want us to sand it. Now, there's some things you can do to make it easier. We can do do it in two phases. So you slide it all over the half of the house and you slide it all over the rest <laughs> of the house. I mean, people do this, you know, because you got to do it at some point. Yeah. Um, and that all adds, you know, time and cost, of course. But it can it can be done. As far as the smallest, uh, you know, job to do, I would say we, we'll do a closet if you want, but it's we have our minimum price and it's you're not going to want us to do that closet for the minimum price just because it it costs money to get us there and set up and so forth. So. Yeah, and I, geez, I, I did a third floor bathroom. It was maybe, maybe sixty square feet of of fur, mm -hmm. toting that very heavy drum sander up, the, up to the third oh, floor. Yeah. Ooh, I was not there to help that day, and that's <laughs> and that's okay. Right? Do people do that? Is you put wood in the bathroom? Yes. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Is that a new construction thing, or is that it, just like I found it under the carpet? <laughs> oh man! So God. did you pull that carpet? Right. I pulled. Oh, I pulled. Oh. I pulled bathroom carpeting. Yeah. Before. I have to. See, that's and we sympathize. With working you. for it and yep. your plates. It's brutal. <laughs> so that's a big job, a small job. What what's what's the difference between the dust all over the place job that I got and mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I mean and I knew I was getting it right right and there's a cost savings right you, you don't pay as much 
when you get when you have to clean up the dust. Um, how do you keep the dust in? How does that work? Well, all of our gear has containment on it. Um, there's a, do- a number of different systems out there that you can use to to get the more dustless, I guess, levels of of sanding. Um, to the, some some guys will roll up a giant trailer with a huge vacuum in it. Basically, we don't have that. Um, I've I've not found that that does much better work than just the containment that we use. Our vacuums come inside the house and they hook to our gear. Um, I consider us about eighty five percent dust free, just to be honest with folks, because everybody you know you hear the word dustless and you picture a white glove kind of a treatment. I've never right. seen that to actually be true. I'll probably get someone who's would argue with you know with me on that and that's fine too we do a lot of quarantining as well so if we have a sensitive house or any house that someone's living in we're going to be hanging plastic everywhere basically that's usually our our primary sort of tool in the arsenal to to help you know contain that type Mm -hmm. of thing because there is one step it's usually the buffing step near the end it raises this fine dust and it's just it gets on the walls and things like that and it's very aggravating it's hooked to a vacuum but it's just like it's just just sort of happens because sticks to the walls is kind of the weird part about it like which and mm-hmm. I still had to throw another coat of paint up, which mm-hmm. is how, so I I encapsulated that. What's <laughs> <laughs> your uh, texture? <laughs> it, it um, but thinking about moving into a place and having to deal with that while you live there, it's good to know that you you can be that eighty five percent dust free. So that's that's the process of like clearing the floor so it's back to like zero. So you have like bare wood one more time. Talk about the finishing part of it. Like, what happens after that? Yeah, the that's when people have a lot of choices, or a number of choices, and more, and seemingly more and more every day. But you 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 basically can pick the type of top coat that you want, which is going to be your protectant. Um, and there's a couple different kinds of those, and they've got varying uh, benefits and so forth, and varying costs. Uh, but you can also choose a if you wanted to change the color of the floor, you could use a pigmented stain, which is your classic. You know what you you know minwax or something that you'd see using on furniture or whatever and and, so. and different woods will will take stain differently some better than others yes yes um d- d- like maple for example will take stain in a very sort of unusual way uh we some folks won't even some floor guys won't stain maple at all mm-hmm. just because it can take it in a sort of an uneven fashion some some boards will go dark super dark other boards boards will stay very light and there's some techniques you can do to mitigate that to some degree, we, like water popping or, or a wood conditioner and so forth, but you're still going to get kind of a crazy looking floor. I like the look of a stained maple, for example, but it's not for everybody. So we tend to really over-disclose and show them photos and things beforehand. And the staining can often be used to disguise previous damage? Um, that is a highly variable kind of an answer. I, I've seen it happen where, where it actually hides things sometimes, but... It's, it's sort of paradoxical in the sense that the stain t- at times will go darker as well. So you've got kind of yeah. a dark floor mm-hmm. with a sort of a darker stain in the middle of it. So a lot of times we'll really recommend if, if someone is really wants it to be a, you know, they want to remove those areas of damage, we'll just cut the boards out and put new stuff in. So it's you, you mentioned like the, the commercial products that you can get out there with the stain. Mm-hmm. Does it matter as much as what you're putting on is for a top coat? Because the top coat is what's going to equal like endurance and protection. Mm-hmm. Of it. Like the stain, is it okay to use some of those store-bought ones? Or do you recommend like, are there other things that are better? I found that most stains are, are okay. Mm-hmm. Um, with, um, most stains are okay. I was going to name some brands, but I'm not going to That's do right. that. Um, yeah. yeah, so... We're not getting paid by yeah. them anyway. Yeah. You don't have to say <laughs> that. <laughs> <was> your advertiser. <laughs> um, yeah, some just work better. They, they make... Um, 
a lot of the professional grades that we could get, um, they're very quick dry stains because contractors obviously want to get done quickly. But we are a little leery of those just because they dry so fast that it it causes some sort of uh, issues as far as the, the uniformity of the floor. So I like a classically drying stain, and we usually can get them, you know, just like normal stuff from Home Depot or Menards. It's okay from what we've seen. Um, it's 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 really more about your sanding um, as far as what you're going to get uh, than the stain itself from what I've seen. It's time for the market update, but first a quick word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Liz Lauer founder of the Lauer Realty Group. I take pride in having highly educated realtors who are passionate about their clients' pursuits. That passion translates into buying the right home, condo, or investment property, or when selling those same properties for clients, creating a highly stylized marketing plan that yields the best results. The core of the success... It comes from continually educating ourselves, our clients, and staying focused on key topics and strategies that will help us advocate for them like no other firm. Real Estate in the 608 is a window into our world and gives the listener market updates, current lending trends, home maintenance tips, remodeling help, and so much more. When you need our services, give us a call. Until then, sit back, enjoy, and learn a little bit. In with today's market update is agent new-ish to Lauer Realty Group. Lindsay Cooper. Hi, Ben. We talked Monday at our sales meeting about the difference a price point can make, uh, discussing that Toby Silverman had uh, 50 people to an open house on the north side at a price point of about 200 What might you think wise for that uh, seller in that low 200s? I think now is a great time to list your house. There's clearly a lot of eager buyers out there desperate to get into their first time home. I think if you have some flexibility with a closing date or also a place to stay, considering selling your house now is a really great option. You're going to get a lot of traffic, a lot of interest, and you don't have to wait for spring. So the more people you get through the house, the more money? That's right. All right. Well, thank you, Lindsay. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608 Madison's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Uh, Ben Anton just to my right. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Michael Bonebreak of Madison Hardwood Floors, also a landlord. Top coats. Let's talk about oil and water. Mm-hmm. You bet. I think that's that's something. Again, we talked about, um, I don't want everyone to think that I'm super cheap, but I did not pay for dust containment. And I also went with a cheaper finish, which is oil. Mm-hmm. And one, it, it, it literally probably costs less. Yes. Oh, the, that's the, the whole product, reason for it. The product mm-hmm. itself. So it was not the horrid smell that made it less expensive, mm-hmm. but my house stunk really bad. And I'll just say, if you're if you're living in or plan to live in immediately following, you might want to go water based. Mm-hmm. That's the my anecdotal experience. It was uh, it was still pretty smelly by yeah. the time we moved in. Yep. Um, yep. But uh, mm-hmm. what about cure times and and wearability? Well. Wearability uh, it seems to be about the same these days. Um, there's there's been sort of a reputation to water base that it doesn't hold up as well, and I hear that a lot. Um, but I think that hails from an earlier time when it wasn't quite as well developed, and the products that they use now just didn't exist. Um, there's also a couple different grades of water. You can get a cheaper water, which a lot of builders might use, you know, or flippers or something like that. Um, and that just doesn't hold up nearly as well. They use that stuff a lot of times because it's less expensive. But if you get, you know, Bona Traffic HD is, a, is one that we typically will use. That's basically a commercial grade water-based finish. It's going to hold up as well as the oil, in my opinion. Interesting. And yeah. what about what about either Patna, depending on how, if you're 
old patina or patina do they do mm. they age or color differently in time um they do and they do immediately actually um if, if you just put a water base down on a floor and in, next to an oil base on the floor they will look completely different uh the water mm -hmm. tends to dry clear just in mm -hmm. its natural state and the water will give everything an amber patina or, or hue kind of like you've got on your maple sure. so um that's you know water and oil are and basically opposite in almost every way uh and you talked about cure times, for example, oil is a uh, two week cure time. Water is, is, well, three days now actually is water. Mm -hmm. Dry time is four hours versus eight hours. One has fumes, one doesn't, one's more expensive, one's less expensive. So they're really at odds with, you, with each other as but far as- as it, as it relates to wear and quality about and the same. durability, about they're the about same. the same. Yeah, and either opinion. or you can get in different sheens or levels of reflectiveness. Mm -hmm. Now what, what, what did you, I don't, I don't know that we talked about that. I probably said the regular. What did you end up doing on a house like this? So you have a satin finish, which is for an oil base, that's the least shiny that there is. You could have gone semi-gloss and then gloss. If you'd yeah. want, I've it. seen some. I see some houses with those rentals downtown with the gloss, right? Probably to fill in the grooves. Sparkle like the unknown, yeah. unknown. I don't know. You know, <laughs> we use very, very little gloss. It's very rare that we'll actually use it because it tends to show scuffs and things very quickly, and it's a little bit sort of brazen in its appearance. And you walk in, and it's just. But you know, some people like gloss. I'm happy to use a gloss. It's like a gymnasium floor, to some degree, a bowling get... alley or something. Right. Yeah, exactly. you know, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll do it all. <laughs> But uh, in the water-based, actually, they make a, it's a relatively new finish sheen, I guess, is what you call it. It's, it's called ultra matte or extra matte, I think. And that almost looks like a raw floor. It's, it's kind of cool just because it's new to me, but you can really get a raw look if you want. It's probably very popular in Holland. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's one of, the, one of the IKEA sample kitchens had that, had that kind of finish on the floor. Mm -hmm. yeah. I have it at my shop, actually, on an ebony-stained floor. Actually, I, it's, I think it's pretty cool. Any mm -hmm. difference? Because I think when you do new installs, there, I think I've seen products that come pre-finished. Yes. Is, yep. is the, got any preferences to like, hey, pre-finished? You know, you knock out some of that stuff and you're just laying the floor down versus like putting bare wood down and then doing the finish steps on it. You know, it's it's uh, really what the client wants to see. I have, I have no real preference. Um, it's you know, if you go with the site finished, which is the raw and then sanding thing, you, you just you'll you'll increase your costs to a large degree. So that's why you see so much pre-finished out there these yeah. days. Okay. But I have no problem with pre-finished. A lot of them hold it very well. They're beautiful. And it's sol it's a solid lumber floor too. So you can sand it. You know, am I, am I lying when I say a factory finished floor will likely have a harder or more durable finish than a site finished floor? I think, I, I think you'll get different answers depending on who you ask. Um, in my experience, it seems like the pre-finished... They might be a little bit more resilient to certain things, but they seem they're almost like they're almost like a brittle, a brittle finish or something. So they mm. scratch maybe a little easier or something. But that's that's really my opinion and just my perception. Sure. I think you know. And then you said you can you can sand a pre-finished floor, and and let's talk just a second about a dimensional lumber floor, or a engineered, engineered veneer. Floor? Okay. T can you sand both? You can sand some engineered floors. Uh, the wear layer, which is that quarter inch we were talking about before, that varies in size depending on the product. More often than not, I see that it's so thin we can't sand it. Um, and a lot of times that, that finish actually is very difficult to get off, so we'll have to use a really heavy grit on those pre-finished engineered. And so 
you know, we'll be pulling more wood off just inherently with the process. And so it's risky if you've only got any. I would say because usually yeah. those have a, a an engineered substrate, which is more like a plywood. Right. If you blast through it, you're, you're showing plywood like, and you're buying a new the, floor. Which, <laughs> which, just as a super tangent, um, <clears throat> the greenhouse store on Williamson Street, which used to be the kitch, the fancy kitchen store, which was, was owned by Tom Christensen. Oh, yeah. Or, the appliance store. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. um, they have what are what I recall to be like finished plywood, like a oh, birch yeah, veneer, a birch veneered <laughs> plywood. I've seen that. Yep, with, that was finished, and it looks and it, okay. It was, I kind of like, I kind of thought it was neat. You're like, I'm gonna put that in my living room. I have thought about using that <laughs> can in do different, different applications. You can do it. I've seen it done. We've coated plywood before. And wood, I like it. Wood. Yeah. That is true. That's true. I mean, anything can shine up. That that would actually be maybe that'll be the book. I'm always looking for like the book I can write. Maybe it's like the greatest hardwood floors of Madison. We go out and find <laughs> the spaces there you that go. still have that, or that's my app. That'll... You can do that. You could do the foreword by Michael Bulger. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> let's take it. Let's take a break for Phil's phone in. There's no way. Hey Ben, it's Phil with a view from beyond the 608. Famed investor Sir John Templeton famously said, the investor who says this time is different when in fact it's virtually a repeat of an earlier situation has uttered among the four most costly words in the annals of investing. I think that Templeton is saying that things don't change as much as we think. And I think that's an especially important message as 2020 gets underway. Looking at last year, we see that the S&P 500 was up 29%, while Madison, Wisconsin real estate prices were up 7%. That's a huge gap. Should we be swinging all of our money away from real estate and into stocks? Look, I'm not an investment advisor, but I'm going to tell you, not so fast. Because when you look at longer periods of time, things don't change all that much. Stocks go up 7 8%. Real estate in Madison, Wisconsin goes up 4 5%. I'm guessing that a recap in 2030 of what happens in the 2020s is going to show similar. Just something worth remembering. That's all for now, Ben. Once again, this is Phil with a view from beyond the 608. You're listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. He is Ben Anton. My name is Adam Elliott. Our in-studio guest is Michael Bonebreak of Madison Hardwood Floors. We've got one more thing here for you, Michael. Sure. We've talked about the process of doing new, of refinishing. Mm -hmm. What about the folks who have had something, they put it in 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. the dog scratched it up a little bit, moved some furniture, dinged it up here and there. What what are the options to like maintain and Mm -hmm. keep something looking fresh sure well that's um there's there's a couple different options it all depends on what you're going for and um what you have so usually if someone brings that up to me and this comes up a lot we were talking about earlier the the recoat folks want to do obviously they want to get the most output least input so what can i do to just make it look better without spending a lot of money and without having to move my stuff and there's really not a whole lot of options if your floor already doesn't look very good. Um, the the recoat process is a, a lot of folks are really confused by it, but essentially it's a very light abrasion of your floor um, where we come in and just do a quick 
quicksand. It's not even a sand, really. It's literally an abrasion. That's it's not to make it look any better or get any stains out. All it does is really give us a better surface to adhere to with our final coat, with our mm -hmm. next coat. Um, and then we'll just put one coat down and and off we go. Basically, it's a very it's a minimally invasive process. It's pretty quick. Um, it's relatively inexpensive. The only downside is it's not going to give you much uh, improvement as, as far as the appearance of your floor. But if you wanted to, just, that's kind of a maintenance thing. That's a maintenance thing. Yes, exactly. Yes. Can, can you, and here's a question. Uh, let's imagine I, I do some horror, like you just did my floors. Uh, okay. Let's imagine that in the move-in, gouged or one of one of my chairs didn't have yep. a or um as i moved out of jackson street let's imagine that one of the girls bunk bed ladders <laughs> dug a hole <laughs> let's imagine you know let's imagine this yeah exactly um, yeah. and there is a there is a damage that you could cover with a dollar bill mm -hmm. do i need sand the whole floor or what or can you can you maybe match or repair? can you fix can you just touch that spot how's that how could that work yes we if, if the floor is fairly has been uh, refinished fairly recently we've got a much better shot at getting a decent match because floors tend to change color over time um, and our approach to those types of fixes are basically taping off the individual boards and sanding them, sanding it down or even replacing boards if we have to and just coating just that area. And like, for example, if you mess up your floor upstairs, we'd have a really good chance at, at having a perfect, and I don't I hate to use that term, a very good match. Because the finish is only a few weeks it's old. It's a few it's weeks old. Yeah, yeah, it's going to look just like the other stuff. Not a lot of sunlight, trouble. not a lot of exactly. carpeting, not a lot of wear. Uh, sure. Exactly, yeah. yep. If it were 200 years old, we'd have an issue. But we could usually get it um, improved to some degree. If it's 200 years gouge. old, I, I'm, I'm, happy. Go with it? I'm okay. happy that your job lasted that long. And, <laughs> and I'm happy to get it redone. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Michael, it is bet it's well. It's, it's fun to have you over to see the house and see your work and and uh, and talk about the process. Um, let's imagine someone else wanted to talk to you. Uh, how, well, how would they do that? If they wanted to get hold of us, they can. Uh, they could go to our website, which is madisonhardwoodfloors.com, and you can you can submit online there, and we can, we'll reach out, reach out to you to set up an appointment, or you can give us a call, six zero eight six two zero three six two five. And we'll get our estimate, we'll get out there, we'll come take a look at your home, talk to you about your options if you'd like, and uh, put together a quote for you. Yeah, and um, it's, a, it's, it's been a pleasure having you do our floors for a long time. We, we've, it's, it's almost too easy to where we are. At some, some point, hey, you buy enough houses and get enough floors done, you'll be in this place with Michael where you just go, yeah, just, yeah. You make, you text you, us. You make, you make <laughs> the call. Yes. The last, the last decisions we made were pictures of, he's like, what about this spot? He, circ he circled it on a text message <laughs> and sent me a picture. I'm like, yeah, that, yep, do that. Yeah, have Oscar do that. But uh, <laughs> it has been great to have you work on our floors and it has been great to have you here with Adam. That's right. Before we say goodbye too, sure. I also want to note that you are in a couple bands. Yes. Al Donk, who, yes. who you've heard throughout the podcast mm -hmm. today, we've mm -hmm. been listening to, and you uh, prefer to bang the skins, right? You're a drummer. I, yep, I do drum in that band. Yep, exactly. Right. Yep, yep. Um, and uh, how does that match with hardwood floors? Is, uh, is there uh, any connection there? <laughs> well, we share that, or we, we rehearse at my shop. So that's about, oh, that's right. about it. Yep, yep. And how, a are dual the, purpose. how are the acoustics in a hardwood floor shop? Um, well, it's, it, <laughs> believe it or not, I have a laminate floor in there because before I did a lot of floors, that was uh, it, it, in the rehearsal space at least. So it was, pretty, uh, it was a pretty live room. So we had to hang a lot of uh, foam and things like that okay. to dial it back a bit. But um, yeah, it, it serves its purpose. We get to rehearse there. So gotcha. it works. And this is the second love of yours, I'm guessing. Yes. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep, absolutely. I got to keep myself busy, and I do. And, so. and how big is the drum kit? You know, uh, it's actually relatively small. It's all I can handle is a couple of drums. <laughs> I don't have the attention span for anything beyond that. I thought you haul like a three hundred pound floor sander up up and down three floors. So. Yeah, well, uh, that's, I mean, that's for pay. When I play for free, it's like I got to enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Michael, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, well, thanks so much for having me, you guys. Good talking to you. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Listening to Real Estate in the 608 Medicine's Real Estate Magazine for your ears. Find us online at inthe608.com. Hey, Ben, what was that? That was, that was, what are we calling it? Episode one, season two? 2.1. 2.1. That was episode... I don't know if I like that. <laughs> How that was, we call it? That was Michael Bonebreak that from was, Madison Hardwood Floors. He's great. He's really fun. He's, that was a lot of fun. It's entertaining to learn. I like learning that stuff. Well, and, we, yeah. and it, it's very it's very linear. Mm-hmm. We were able to talk about the project from from beginning to end. We we literally just all right, Michael and I just did that. Yep. Um, starting in, in within a month's time, we we went from that first consultation. The what do you think about here? What you know is this repair gonna 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 uh, going to finish as well as the other areas in the floor. Yeah, you know, he, was what, t- he was telling us off air that a lot of people actually ask that question of like, okay, I have my floors. How can you just like touch them up and make them look good again? So we got some of that information too, which is pretty helpful. Yeah, like how, how to properly maintain a hardwood mm-hmm. floor. But, you know, or, or go wholesale. That's right. I think we at least found out that Michael not only knows his wood floors, but he also knows his music. Knows his music. Yes. Not a whole lot about what side of town is this street on? <laughs> but uh, that's so that's forgivable. So in my if book. you need to call him, <laughs> you know, make well. I suppose with a phone now, he could he'll just Google your address. But you know, feel free to throw some directions in in for him once you call and ask for your estimate. One question I did want to ask him, and maybe you're actually better suited for this, is like with a, a hardwood floor, is that a better value that you're putting into your house compared to what your options? Tile, laminate, carpet. All those things is hardwood going to pay off for you? I think that, here, as it relates to rental, everybody loves hardwood. Right. Who doesn't like hardwood floors? And especially when your your alternative is carpet that somebody else made dirty. <laughs> you know, I think I think it might be it might be partly just a high, no, high, hygiene or I agree. It's, it's, They're um, easy to clean, right? Well. You, it, it can appear to be clean. Yeah. It can re- relatively easily. It can go from dirty to clean. Whereas carpeting, you're just never really gonna feel. And and people are very forgiving of hardwood, especially in rentals. Yeah. You can have some scuffed up, scratched up hardwood, and so and it's still perceived as a as a better amenity than than even new carpeting. And a junked up carpet floor that the cat has been on and that right. somebody's so, tracked so I mud think, through. And yeah. I think for that reason, hardwood is always going to be the preference in a rental. Yeah. Uh, as it relates to, to single family homes, it's a positive amenity. It's, it's, it's a plus. Yeah. Not the parade of homes plus that we had mentioned earlier, but like, we'll see, but that's so here. That, so the parade of, the, yeah. we'll go back to our talk about parade of homes and, and sometimes them being too, too feature rich. Um, we can hardwood, call it, we can call it fancy pants. Talk about being <laughs> fancy pants. So let's imagine that, uh, this fancy pants, uh, parade home would have, uh, would have like a inlay mm-hmm. or would have like a walnut or a mahogany or like right. some some fancy thing Super that costs twice as much and yeah. when it's brand new that's great but you know what 10 years down the road it's just hardwood not so much it's either. not as fancy anymore yeah. and that that uplighting or the 
think, well, think about this. When, when homes came with Cat5 wiring, yeah. like when that was a thing, right. like who, who uses that anymore? <laughs> this why. home is networked with cat, Category 5 wiring. Yeah, Wi-Fi, hello. Does my router go upstairs to downstairs or what? <laughs> I don't care about the so wires. So a lot of times, some of those more feature-y, uh, fancy, fancy amenities, they, they just don't have the staying power. Yeah, yeah. good to know. Uh, let's talk about the newsletter before we say goodbye here. You want to hear me tell you what other things aren't important in your new <laughs> home. Uh, <laughs> go over to uh, the Facebook page there in the 608 um, and click subscribe. And and you will be uh, I'll visit your inbox once a month right. with some some espousing. We should thank some folks, including uh, Phil Plord, who joined us today. Phil Plord, my partner in uh, in Deacon Housing and and president at Blimling and Associates, a a division of Dairy.com. And let's also thank the music that you've been hearing today. Uh, of course, Michael not only was in studio guest, but also our acoustic music here today. Uh, yeah. Al Donk is his band. So they skipped practice tonight. So again, right. give him a little break next time you see him out. He said he had another band too, Anova Gold. Nova Gold. Nova Gold. We'll have to check them out. So Al Donk, uh, Renclaw, uh, Bob Westfall, and Seesaw. Yeah, and the Mad City Jug Band. Uh, thank you to all of them for coming along with us today on our hardwood adventure. And thank you, Adam, for visiting us here in the brand new, slightly more right-angled real estate in the 608 studios. Thank you, Ben. We'll uh, we'll have some video um, in the very near future where you can see this. Yeah, we're hoping that, we're hoping that uh, that uh, our video component will help you uh, help others uh, introduce introduce themselves to us or us to them or however that would work. <laughs> All right. Till next time, Ben. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Real Estate in the 608, Madison's real estate magazine for your ears. If you can't get enough Real Estate in the 608 between episodes, like us on Facebook at In the 608 or visit inthe608.com for archived episodes and show notes. Remember, until you tell us, we don't know. We appreciate your listening, as well as your ratings and reviews at your favorite podcast portal. We also welcome feedback and topic suggestions via emails to ben at benanton.com. Come on, baby, won't you hold me tighter than your fists curled up in a schoolyard fight? I'll be a backup when you're calling my name. And come on, baby, won't you keep me safer than that high score on that? Could be taking the eight, and we could be record breaking. Come on, baby, won't you buy me flowers with that money spent on whiskey sours that you're buying at those wasted hours? And come on, baby, won't you talk me sweet? Instead, I'm staring at this empty seat because you got someone else you'd rather be. And we could be.
So come on, baby, won't you prove me wrong? Cause I've been waiting here all day long. And so I'm singing you this waiting song.